0: You're listening to the Angels and Awakening Podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with your angels and loved ones on the other side. The intention of every podcast episode and every service that I offer is to help you heal, to help you raise your vibration, and to give you the tools you need to help others. Why? Because when you take responsibility for your own healing and your own joy and you use what you've learned to serve others, you're helping to shift the vibration on earth to a place of more peace. And isn't that what it's all about? If you feel called to work with me, we have many services available to you. We offer a new online e-course with a new topic every month. These help you dive deeper on your spiritual journey. We also offer an Angel Reiki certification training program. We call it the Angel School. It's held every other month in person and twice a year online. Here, you'll become a certified Angel Reiki Master Teacher and develop your spiritual gifts. Twice a month, we offer a live online group Reiki healing session you just call into a webinar number and listen as I guide you through a healing session with the angels. You can also book a one-on-one angel message reading with me. You help keep this podcast going, friends, when you book one or more of these services on my website, www.jansis.com. That's my last name.com. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast to hear all about the freebies we offer as well and how you can win a free session. Hello friends, today's episode is a replay from this summer. If you didn't catch our interview with Pat Longo, that's Teresa Caputo, the Long Island Medium's teacher and my teacher as well. We sat down with her this summer and had a great conversation on what it really means to be empathic how we are taking on other people's energy all the time, and what you can do to keep other people's energy out of your auric field so that you're feeling more of your energy more of the time. That is all in today's episode. Friends, today is the last day to sign up for the Angel Communication eCourse that we're running December 2nd today through the 22nd. It is a go at your own pace eCourse online, but it's the last time that I'm going to be running it with you. I will be putting it up on Teachable or some other format later on this year. But if you want to go through it step-by-step with me, definitely sign up today. You can sign up on our website, call, or email. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and definitely meet us back here next Thursday. We have a bunch of new angel stories that are really heartwarming to share. Have a wonderful start to your week. Here's the episode. Hello, everyone. I am so excited. The last few weeks, I've been telling you that we have a very, very special guest on the episode, and today is the day. Pat Longo is here. Pat is from New York. She is a spiritual teacher, and most of you would know her work because she is the woman who taught Teresa Caputo everything that she knows. Pat has worked with many other psychic mediums, famous psychic mediums. She's worked with a lot of celebrities and she is just the most amazing healer. Um, many of you know that I, I work with, uh, a friend who's a healer and we switch sessions every month and she was saying, Julie, you know, you've got training in Reiki, you've got training in Chios and you're doing such a great job. You're doing such great work, but I feel like you need, um, to reach out and get more mediumship training. So I reached out to Pat and she kindly agreed to, um, teach me more and train me in mediumship specifically. So, Pat, welcome to the show. I am just so elated that you're here.
1: Thank you, Julie. I'm elated to be here. I'm very excited, since we spoke, uh, to have this opportunity to share some of my knowledge with some of your listeners, and uh, I I know we're going to talk a little bit about the book, and we're going to talk a little bit about Teresa, so if you have some questions for me that you want to hit me with, I'll start right there, and... Uh, I'll add lib as we go along.
0: Oh, perfect, perfect. So Pat, you have a new book coming out and I already pre-ordered mine over on Amazon. The book is called The Gifts Beneath Your Anxiety. Can you talk to us a little bit about this? Because I'm just so excited. We have so many empaths who listen to the show.
1: Okay, well, the book is all about the empaths because I see people all week long that come into me with terrible anxiety. They don't even realize that they have spiritual gifts or that they're empathic. Some of them don't even know what the word means. And my job is to help them understand how to eliminate the anxiety. I've come up with a tool. I've been using it for years and it works. And it's interesting because I didn't have this tool when Teresa was coming to me. It all developed... As a result of her show, when Teresa moved forward with TLC and the Long Island Medium, her book and her uh, show went into about 34 different countries on the Discovery Channel. And I started to get phone calls from people from all these countries trying to figure out What was going on with them? Help me get rid of my anxiety. uh, Teach me what, why I'm seeing and hearing and feeling things. Am I crazy? And what happened was a pattern. And when that pattern was created, I recognized what an epidemic uh, it was—anxiety. But anxiety connected to spiritual gifts and the empath is how I created the tools. I knew. That Teresa, I knew the day that she first, when I first took her to a group uh, to do some reading, it was actually at a uh, beauty salon and I took her in there and she was a nervous wreck and I I gave her some men. She had said, don't give me any men, whatever you do, don't give me any men. She was nervous as it was. And I thought to myself, well, how many men are going to be in the hair salon? But of course, the two men that were there ended up with her. Uh, The other medium was already busy with other people, so I had to give them to her. And she came out of the reading, and she looked at me, and she put her hand on my arm, and she said, I feel whole for the first time in my life. So I recognized the connection, but it was more after she went on the air that the the pattern emerged, and I knew that I had to help people to stop this
0: and it's so fascinating because, um, I have been doing this for, uh, working with clients for the last three years, but I've only started doing a ton of parties, um, every Saturday, every weekend, sometimes two a week. And at a party, you can work with 12 to 16 people. And what's Mm -hmm. fascinating is when you and I talked last week, um, what I was telling you is that I had so much anxiety before these parties and I, I'm not an anxious person. I don't typically have a ton of anxiety. Um, and I did a video about anxiety on Facebook a couple of months ago. And what I realized was I had a person coming in who had a lot of anxiety and had a lot of spirit with her that I was going to be bringing through right before I did that video. So that was the anxiety I was feeling there. And the anxiety before the parties, can you explain that? Because doing a party is, do, is different than doing a one-on-one reading.
1: Yes. Well, first of all, your guides, your are your guides and your angels help you all the time. If you ask, okay, they don't always jump right in unless you request it. So when I have one of my students doing a group, they begin to feel the energy, sometimes a week before. Uh, It depends. The day of could be really bad. And I remember Teresa on her way to groups used to tell me she was going to throw up. She didn't know what she was feeling. And I have other mediums that, Again, I joke about it now, but because of the texting and the emojis, I get the the one where the tongue sticks out like they're going to throw up uh, (laughs) on their way to a group. So everyone feels this sense of anxiety before they get there. Now, keep in mind, those 15, 16, 20, 50, however many people that are going to be in front of you, every one of their relatives are there waiting. They're so excited. So you're feeling their energy even more so than the people in the room. So sometimes you have to tell them to take a step back. And I teach my students about earth time and protection, always to protect before they go into any kind of a situation where there's a large crowd, because most empaths feel the anxiety in the crowds. Once again, It's not just the people that they're feeling. It's the loved ones that are with them, the spirit energy that are with them. So think about a mall at Christmas time, what that's like. Everybody's in a frenzy. You know, they're waiting till the last minute. They're waiting till they have their money to shop and everybody's pawing over all the things in the store. And you as an empath, if you're not protected and closed down and you walk into that, you're going to be bombarded with thousands thousands of spirit energy, not to mention the people and their frenetic behavior. So protection is the most important thing to me. And protecting yourself by, again, a bubble of God's white light and protection, uh, grounding yourself. If you're not grounded, you're in trouble. So we're going to shoot cords into the earth and lock them in really tight to ground. But the big part, the anxiety part, is putting on what I call a shiny metal vest of armor. And years ago, I used the WWE belt. And that yeah, great. explain
0: it's, that to people.
1: Yes, it's an imaginary belt. Now, I have, I'll use my granddaughter as an example. I have a 13 year old granddaughter who sees spirit, and she's been seeing it since she's 10. But at eight and a half, I recognized she had anxiety. I was at a bridal shower and I turned around and she had just walked in the door and I could see fear all over her face as a little child. And I thought to myself, how could I not know that my own granddaughter had anxiety? So I walked over to her and I took her by the hand back to the front door and I said, do you get uncomfortable or anxious? I didn't use the word anxious, that's not true because I didn't think she would understand it. I said, do you get uncomfortable or nervous when you're around people you don't know? And her eyes got really big and she nodded her head and I said, okay, I want you to close your eyes. And I put my two fingers on her solar plexus right below her breast, right right there in that little hollow. And I said to her, do you know the wrestlers your brothers watch on television? And she said, yes. And I said, well, when they win, they usually hold up this big belt with a big gold buckle. And she said, yes. And I said, well, I want you to imagine that right now where my fingers are. I want you to put that belt on, on this spot. And she did it instantly. And that was that. The rest of the day, she had a fabulous time. I actually had to grab her and stop her as she was running past me, having a laughing with some of the other kids that were there. And she began to put it on every morning before school. And her test papers changed. Her her teacher's comments changed. They said she came out of her shell. Everything changed for her. And as time went by, and I knew it was going to happen, I knew she was going to start to see and she saw her first spirits at 10. She sees lots of them now. Um, She has boundaries. She has no fear because I made sure of that by teaching her there is no fear and that you don't have to have anyone in your space if you don't want them there. So right now, she handles it beautifully. She doesn't need to deal with anybody she sees her grandmother she sees my husband her grandfather mm-hmm. she sees her old girlfriend's father she sees her dog who passed away and she's picked up an occasional stranger here and there and uh, eventually has sent them out very nicely i told her if you're not ready to talk to them just ask them to leave and mm-hmm. as soon as you do they do yeah. okay so it's it's about that those boundaries and that protection So when you go into a group, you want to have that in place. And once that's in place, you also want to tell your guides and your angels, please stop the group, earth time, two hours, okay? Because two hours is a lot of energy to expend Mm -hmm. and you're going to give as many messages as you can in those two hours, but spirit doesn't have time on the other side. You have to tell them earth time. it's amazing how it works. And these are other things that I've discovered uh, along my journey with different mediums. As soon as uh, my guide just popped into my head and said, earth time, one hour, earth time, two hours. And it worked right away. Mm -hmm. So again, it's experience. It's my experiences with the people that I train, the people that I meet, the books that I read, and my own guidance.
0: That's amazing. and I'm wondering, you know, and it's so funny because this kept happening and I wanted to tell you, but I also wanted to be respectful of your time last time that you and I chatted. There there were so many instances where I was thinking of something and then you just came to that point and you did it about three times just now and you did it about 10 times when we were talking <laughs> last week. Um, but you touched on the point of fear. And so I think a lot of people who come into this gift, and I'm wondering how it was with Teresa, is it not fear? It's anxiety?
1: Well, you know what? Anxiety and fear kind of go together because an anxious, anxious person is always fear-based. They're always Mm -hmm. afraid. And I've had students come to me really as clients first. Everybody comes to me as a client first before they become my student, because I need to know where they're at. Mm -hmm. I need to judge their energy before I put them in a a class with other people.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's
1: very important for me to gauge that as myself as an empath to feel that other person. And I like to keep ego out of everything. I like to keep everybody very balanced in my classes. And it doesn't matter how how um, much knowledge they have and how open they are or if they're just new beginners, I want them all to kind of be in the same energy bracket. So with Teresa, Teresa as a child was always having night terrors and um, I'm sure she saw a lot of things that go bump in the night as far as uh shadows on the wall and things that she may have thought she saw couldn't validate um angelic light maybe orbs I, i'm not 100% sure everything that she saw i just know she was very frightened mm-hmm. and my son and her younger brother grew up together um from the time they were 8 and so he my son spent a lot of time sleeping there and they would hear he would hear teresa screams and her brother would just say, oh, that's just Teresa, don't pay any attention. So nobody really understood what was going on with her. Um, but when she came to me, she had so many phobias and fears. Uh, fear of driving, that was a big one, in the rain, not not in regular weather, in the rain. She couldn't drive in the rain. Um, it was not comfortable for her to be a passenger in the car or in a back seat. She had difficulty going into a restaurant. She always felt like she was going to be poisoned. Um, No elevators, no airplanes. There was a lot. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I needed to bring her down. And again, I didn't have these tools. Sometimes when I put my hands on people for healing, their anxiety just goes away. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of that with Teresa. The anxiety began to calm right from the first time I touched her. And then I did past life regressions on her, which is another source of fear—past um, past lives and situations that occurred. So with her, I kind of worked my way through. I think I regressed her three different times. Once mm-hmm. on the air was the last time, and each time more things went away. So that doesn't isn't the case for everyone. For her, it was necessary. But again. I didn't have the tools yet, mm-hmm. and I hadn't come up with them until after the fact. So I, I worked with her, and now listen, she can drive. She's in the back seat of limos all the time. She's uh, in elevators uh, on the 40th floor. She's she flew in a helicopter over um, what is it uh, up in? I can't even think of the name of it. The waterfalls that are up by Canada. And oh, Niagara she, Falls! Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It, was, it just lost right went right through my brain there, um, but she was amazing. I would never do that. All right. So I know how much fear she lost by just opening up to her gifts. Mm -hmm. The anxiety subsided tremendously, tremendously for her. And she's doing what she's doing now. She's standing in front of audiences, sometimes of 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. So
0: it works so it how works. long how long did it take her to build the confidence to go public because i um and i'm not saying that i'm anywhere near where she is but um I have been working with clients for about three years. I'm doing these parties, but I take people privately one-on-one only because I am, I'm too nervous to do a reading all together as a group. How long did it take her to build that confidence to kind of go public? And how long did you work with her teaching her?
1: Well, she actually jumped into the groups almost immediately. Uh, For someone who didn't know anything about this or have any idea that she had a gift, um, she started off doing, let's just say, a party, one-on-one. And she didn't really like it. She preferred the group connection. Mm -hmm. So I I really started her up pretty quick with the group for her. Listen, I believe that this was a divine plan. Yeah, And I wrote my book. I believe Teresa came to me for me to help her learn and eliminate the anxiety. I believe that Teresa's gift was definitely preordained long before she got here in this physical world. And that her job was to teach people that technically just our physical shell leaves this earth. The soul is always here. Our loved ones don't. Quote unquote, die. So I had to get her to where she had to go. I also believe that it turned back to me Mm -hmm. because I helped the world with the anxiety. So the book came from that. And the purpose of the book is to help eliminate the anxiety and to connect the dots for the empath and all their spiritual gifts that they don't realize they're carrying. Mm -hmm. So, as far as time-wise, Teresa started with me, I'm going to say, it was between 2001 and 2002. And she read for 10 years in the privacy of her home, but she did do groups every single week. So, she read three or four days a week, uh, maybe three or four people a day. And then she did the groups. The groups became once a week, and then they went to two times a week. And it's very hard. You know, your list just builds and builds and builds, and Mm -hmm. you start adding. But you always have to remember, and I hope you remember, that you must keep time for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's so important to honor and respect yourself. And when you embark on a spiritual journey and you're reading people privately, you always need to leave some time for, let's just say, if you don't feel well or let's say if there's inclement weather or a child is sick or home from school there's so many different reasons why you have to leave yourself some backup so i teach my students to only read three days a week Mm -hmm. they can rotate them anytime they want year to year but they really need to three three times a week and one group a week is pretty good
0: Yeah. yeah Yeah, that's so pretty, where I'm pretty much at right now, and um, and it does feel like it's definitely uh, enough, at least without having an assistant. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. Know,
1: when the assistant when the assistant comes on, it's very helpful. And I I just started this in about 1994, and everything was word of mouth. There was no internet. There were no cell phones. Everything was very different when I started out, so my home phone, business phone, and I've kept it that way, I don't, I don't give out my cell number, because my home phone is my business phone, and my, per, my cell phone is now my personal phone, for my mm-hmm. family, and close friends, so, um, I had to do things a little bit differently, that when, when I, it was all word of mouth, for years, and years, and years, and years, and when my, my um, A client came to me and he built websites and he told me, if you can cure me, I'll do a website for you for free. I said, okay. (laughs) And a week later, he was building my website. We became very good friends and he also put me on Facebook. I don't know anything about the computer. And in the position that I'm in right now with having written a book, I need to know all about social media. Mm -hmm. And I am 70 years old this year and social media is not something I'm familiar with. So I am, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do now with maybe a young person and get them to help me. But my husband got sick Mm -hmm. and well, he was sick from 2002, but he got really ill in 2012. And I actually hired one of my siblings to take care of my computer, my emails, my phone calls, my appointments, because there was just no time for me. Mm-hmm. And I've had them ever since. It worked really great. Having an assistant is wonderful.
0: That's so when amazing. When
1: you do get it, you are, <laughs> yeah, you'll Next have a little step. extra free time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. A hundred percent.
0: So I just wanted to honor you and Teresa with the work that you did, because I don't know if I shared this story with you. I don't think I did. Um, I had a a daughter, well, I have only one daughter and she was very sick early on in her life. And it was back when binge watching TV shows had just become a thing. And Mm -hmm. I was at home um, taking care of her, just binge watching all of the Long Island medium episodes. Uh, This was back in about 2012. And Mm -hmm. Spirit, I didn't know it at the time, was coming through really connecting me with my grandmother who was still alive, but making me feel like I needed to write her a letter and just let her know that On the other side, we would fix things. And I knew that we weren't going to fix things in this lifetime. Um, She kind of went with my dad in the divorce of my parents. And we just kind of lost touch. But I wrote her a letter saying that I had been watching this show. And it just made me feel like I needed to reach out to her and let her know that I knew we were going to have a relationship. It just wouldn't be here. And that I was so sorry for any part that I had played in that. So in 2015, my dad passed away. And instead of my uncle telling my grandmother over the phone, he went to visit her in person and flew to see her to let her know. And I'm really glad that he did that because she had a heart attack immediately upon hearing the news that my dad was gone. Um, they had a, only what I can describe as like a soulmate relationship as a mother daughter uh Mm -hmm. nothing romantic there you know but just like it was such a strong bond between them and she ended up passing away 10 days later in the hospital from that heart attack and it was together them who brought this message through and this gift through to me because I started hearing from my dad a month before I had known that they had passed um Mm -hmm. And I I got to see Teresa in the fall and I got to meet her backstage at one of her big, huge, uh, you know, conference center meetings. Um, Mm -hmm. And I let her know this story because I think the work that you're doing for everybody here in this world is so fantastic. I know that growing up the way that I did with such strong religious family, I wouldn't have been able to even come forth with this information and come into this career if it wasn't for her show, I just wouldn't mm-hmm. have the courage to do that. And I know that that show stems from you teaching her. So I'm just so beyond grateful to the both of you for changing this world and making this work um, not woo-woo, but acceptable.
1: Right. And you know, that's what it is. You People either love Teresa or they hate her. You know, it's one way or the other. People believe in it. They don't believe in it. She's very down to earth and she has tremendous integrity. And again, the shows are edited. So you see what the show wants you to see. And and that's just television. That's the way that it works. But she has a very strong faith and she was raised in a very strong faith, as was I. So again, for me, it's not about religion it's about faith mm-hmm. i accept and and believe in everyone and everything and no matter what someone calls their version of god or the blessed mother or the holy spirit it's all acceptable to me as long as someone has the belief that there is something higher that there is something there that is going to help us in our darkest hour yeah. and it's really important so you know she's got that and again I know that it was set up that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You asked me earlier, how much time did I spend with her? I spent a year that was out of the ordinary. I don't do that with all my students and I have no idea why it happened that way. I think part of it was her anxiety and her need to feel secure uh, driving to people's homes. I only went to her groups She learned in my class, just like everybody else does every week. It was an open-ended class; I didn't have restrictions. But she began reading very quickly, as I said, and she wanted company on to those groups. So I, I don't know how, but my life just opened up for that time frame, and I was always available on the evenings that she had groups. So what I would do is I would sit in with the group and. I just, in my mind, took notes of things that she said or did. And then we'd go out in the car and she'd say, okay, what did I do wrong? And so I would say, I would explain to her, I would critique her in the most positive way that I could of things that she could expand on, or she likes to make fun of herself. I don't like that, but she still does it because that's who she is. I would try to temper that a little bit and uh, just ask her how she got something and maybe direct her in another way to use another tool to get to that particular point. But this went on every single week, uh, for a whole year. Sometimes, mm-hmm. as I said, twice a week, because she did it quickly. And eventually she said to me, well, how did I do? And I said, well, you did nothing wrong. I said, nothing that I can improve upon. You're doing fabulous. You don't need me anymore. And that was that. Now, Mm. I left out that when we pulled up to each house, I would also meditate her. I would put her in the light. I would have her guides. I would have her ask her guides for clarity, for speed, for accuracy, and messages of healing. And that was always added to my universal white light meditation. She still does it to this day been a lot of years because I think she went on the air in 2011 and uh, she's got a tape of it. You know, we, we made jokes about it a long time ago because we all used the cassette tapes yeah. and I made her, she asked me, could you make a tape of your, your meditation that you do in class? So I made it for her. I eventually made CDs and now they're on iTunes, but for her, she has the tape.
0: If it hasn't worn
1: out, I think, I actually think I gave her a CD for her birthday a couple of years ago. So she has a little extra. Uh, Because I don't, I don't know if the cars have, um, you know, the tape cassettes anymore these days. I think they've made them. So she should know it by heart. Right. Without anything else, she should know it by heart. But uh, listen, she's out there doing the job that she was born to do. Yeah. And. There's a lot of sacrifice in it. People don't realize what it's like to step into the arena of television. And especially when you do a job like that, where people are so desperate for help. She's opened the door for many, 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 many mediums. She's opened the door so that people like yourself and my students can be comfortable in speaking that they are a medium. Mm -hmm. And saying that they, you know, they deliver messages and can help people. Well, it's funny that you
0: say that because, you know, that's something else that we touched on last week is, um, and I think there's a couple of reasons why I say this, but I want you to describe the difference between a psychic medium, people who are angel messengers, the difference between the psychics and the mediums, because I know that I personally, in every session that I've done, um, always bring through loved ones. And there's only been about five sessions that I've had. And I wanna ask you about skeptics after we go through this question because there are people who come in with these deep walls up. Um, so for those five people who, they the loved ones that they wanted to come through didn't come through, I didn't charge them, but um, everybody else who they wanted to come through was able to come through. But I feel like I've hidden behind the term angel messenger and and not calling myself a psychic medium um, because, I don't know, the religious background, what's the difference? Uh, I'll let you take it away.
1: Sometimes people are more comfortable with the word angels. Um, I've even told my students sometimes, if you get a message... And the person that you're going to give it to, maybe it's a neighbor or a relative, that they're not open to it, you can tell them that you had a dream. I mean, you're way past that, but I will tell them that you had a dream. And the person accepts the dream, all right? Very simply and very easily, they accept a dream. But when somebody says, well, I'm hearing from your loved one and, you know... Uh, it's a little harder to take. At this point in time, between all the mediums that have been on television over the years, all the groundwork that they've done uh, to get to a point where the John Edwards and the Therese's are right now, people should be more open. Uh, But again, you're going to come across it. You have to step out. All right. I, I taught three classes this week and the big word in the classes was acceptance. Accepting, Who you are and not being afraid to step out and say it. Now, I'm gonna tell tell you my thoughts on the difference between angels and guides. I can't tell you whether they're true or not. They're just my belief system. I told my students this week, I don't know everything. I don't know everything. I'm never gonna know everything, and when I get to the other side, I'm gonna keep learning. So there's all we're always works in progress. But I believe that everyone has a team of angels. Everyone, no matter what their faith is, they have a team of angels. I believe the team of angels do not step into your space unless you invite them because they're not supposed to interfere with your free will. But once you do invite them, they're there to stay. I also believe the same of your guides. I believe that your guides lived on the earth where angels have not. Yes, you hear of the angels that walk uh, you know that step on earth here and there, but technically they're etheric beings, and since you communicate with them, you could tell me if I'm right, but the guides have lived on this earth at some point in time, and they have had to have the earthly life they've had to learn compassion, uh forgiveness, love of self, love of others, how not to judge they have to keep coming back and going through earth school in order for them to get to a point where they are high enough in the light that they can become a guide. So we get our guides assigned and we can talk to them. Well, we can talk to our angels. I use angels for everything. I use them for parking. I use them for traffic lights. I use them to decorate cakes when I'm in a hurry. Um, I use them today because I was trying to get home in time to make it to my podcast. (laughs) But it's always about the angels for me. Um, They're tremendous. and I don't think it matters which way you put yourself out. You're still getting the messages from their loved ones. And maybe the angels are your facilitators. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe, maybe you believe strongly in your angels. So they get the ball rolling and they get it started. Mm-hmm. The only thing you said that I'm going to kind of shake my finger at you, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not up to you who comes through. Yeah. And it is not up to a person to come in and say, this is the only person I want to hear from. The one thing that Teresa always says, and this had nothing to do with me, she would say, a reading is not what you want, it's what you need. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you hear from people in a reading that it's really necessary to hear from. Maybe it's an apology from somebody you didn't want to hear from, but it makes a difference in your life. So I absolutely would say to you, don't, I would not refund people's money. As long as you're getting people for them yeah. and you're giving messages to them that are helpful and healing messages, then you're doing your job. Yeah, it's, it's really not up to you who comes through. That's true. You can't control that. All you can do is ask.
0: No, I can't. And that's what I tell my clients all the time. All I can do is give you what they're showing me and tell you what they're telling me. Um, But there are, and it doesn't happen all the time. It is pretty rare, but every once in a while you'll get somebody in and I really feel the energy of people and it's almost as if they've got this shell or this wall around their entire being and mm-hmm. they don't want they want the reading but there's such a high level of skepticism there there's such a, a point of wanting you to bring through names or songs or titles and I'll, I'll tell put people blank i i don't i can't bring through something that's not there so if it's not there all I can do is be honest with you about that. Um, but here is the message that they want you to receive. Um, a lot. Sometimes with those people, that doesn't satisfy them. And that's a hard feeling because I'm such a people pleaser. And I just, I only do this work because I truly believe it is benefiting so many people. But mm. it is hard to work with somebody that's got those walls.
1: Well, the skeptics i i um I hold or host psychic fairs every few months, and I have thirty mediums reading at one time and a very large crowd waiting to get in. They come a couple of hours early just to get online to get their favorite medium or psychic or tower reader and i um I tell my students well they're they're my students, but they're they're professionals at this point. But I tell my students, if someone sits down in front of you and there doesn't appear to be a connection, they only have 15 minutes to read them. So they have to decide within two to three minutes. If you're going to keep getting no's, no's, I don't understand. Then I usually tell them, tell that person you're only going to give them one more minute. And you blame it on yourself. Okay. You say, listen, I'm having a difficult time connecting. Um, I'm going to give you one more minute. I'm going to give it one more minute. And if that doesn't work, then you go out and see Pat. And what I will do, what that usually does actually is opens them up. If they're going to open up, it's going to be at that moment because they're so rigid and they really want the reading, but yet they don't realize what their energy is putting off. So as soon as you give them that option, they tend to relax. So that's one choice of what to do, and what I do at a fair is if they can't get through, I have them come back to me and I assign them to somebody else free, or I will give them their money back because i I know what my people can do. I've tested them all. every one of them, no one goes into my fair without five ninety fives. They have to be tested by by strangers. So if I've tested them, and I know what they can do, and somebody comes out and tells me i know where the problem is the problem is with the sitter not with the reader but i give them the chance because i try to be fair but you can't do it to me twice all right and yeah. a few people have tried it and i won't i won't go down that road i'll only do it once so you you have to just kind of let them know that your um You know, you're having a little difficulty making the connection. Stop it before the reading gets to the whole hour or whatever amount of time you use. And if you really don't feel that they're, you know, that they're opening up and letting you through, then cut it off before you lose the time and the money.
0: (laughs) Well, it's so funny that you said that because the w- the only way that I have found to connect to those people is to, to give them their power back. So um, Spirit said they're so closed off because a lot of times it does come down to the money factor for those people that they're so worried about what they're going to get for their money for that hour mm-hmm. that um, when I when I'll tell them listen, I'm having a hard time connecting. I can sense this energetic wall. Um, I'm happy to continue going with the reading, but spirit is telling me that you, you're you going to have to take it and pay what you want, basically, for it. Because, But that's hard, right? Because I don't yeah. do that for everybody. And then I feel like that's really unfair to everybody else. So I really like the idea, and it's only happened a couple of times, so it's not like it happens every day, um, mm-hmm. but it makes me feel really bad. It at, at the beginning, it made me feel like it was my fault.
1: Well, let me, let me say it to you this way. You do your job, okay? That's all you can do, and again, it just happened to be the subject of my class this, these last few days. My class is I explained to them when I became a healer. And listen, I'm a healer first and foremost before anything. All the rest of it came after. But when I became a healer, I didn't know what was happening to me. My hands just heated up. I was in a metaphysical class and the next thing you know, I was touching people. I had no clue. I believed that it was God. I believed it was coming from a divine source. I had no other reason to believe anything else because I didn't have it one day and I had it the next day. So I always told people, you don't have to come back and see me. I still tell them. I never asked them anything in the beginning, never, for years and years and years. I didn't ask them to call me. Certainly, as I said, there was no Internet. They would have had to call me. They just sent people to me. And people came and and I would say, well, how did you find me? And then I'd find out that that person healed. Because I had no way of knowing. I had to have faith, total and complete faith, and trust in the fact that this was not me, that spirit doesn't lie, that the energy I channel was real, and that it, again, it wasn't me, it was coming through me. And that's what happens to you it comes through you, it's not you. Spirit doesn't lie. There is interpretation involved, yes, but you can't take it on because then then you're stepping into ego okay and ego to me is everything that is not godlike
0: so right. we're talking
1: fear and doubt and worry all right not not being somebody who goes around and brags that's not what I mean by ego ego is anything that's not godlike and so I knew that I was doing my job I didn't look back I didn't worry about it and as my build, my business progressed if someone came in front of me that was struggling with money i would know it right and right. if that were the case i would just say you know what i'm this one's on me right and Absolutely. i do, Absolutely. i do that whenever i feel the need to do it people will scrape it up because they want to see you but sometimes your gut tells you, nah, this is not so good. They should go home and pay the electric bill. Right. So, right. you know, that's your discernment. But to feel bad about it, you can't. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with you.
0: Is it's, that it's why? That, is that why? Um, sorry to interrupt. Do most psychic mediums, angel readers, not remember the information that they're giving out in a session, too? Because I run into people sometimes and they're like, do you remember this and that? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I just, (laughs) working with sometimes 30 people a week, you just don't remember. I don't remember by the
1: end of the day who I saw. I sit, I send homework out to all my students, my clients, and I sit there and I look at their names and I'm like... (laughs) Uh, I don't know <laughs> who that was. They, they blurred together after a while, but mediums, you don't hear you don't remember what you're channeling Yeah, because it's not coming from you. Right. You're just in that state for that time with that client and their loved ones and your angels or whoever is sending you the information there, you're channeling it right through you. It's not for you to remember mm-hmm. while you're doing it though. While you're doing it, you can be very aware mm-hmm. of the things that you're saying and maybe the mannerisms that you're using, and certain things will stand out. It's rare to remember the reading. You, you can remember certain things about it if they're really unusual. Absolutely. Certain readings will stand out. But I do believe they're supposed to
0: mm-hmm.
1: for, your, for your own learning. But for the most part, no. I can't remember people. I mean, I I wish I did, because the stories would have been phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I can't remember it all. My guides will let me know when I need it.
0: Yeah. Here's another question for you: Do most people who have the gift um, not are they not able to do it for themselves? I know uh, my friend always says that Sylvia Brown used to say mediums and psychics we can't read a lot of times for ourselves I'll I'll get knowings I'll get hits but um I like to work with other people still too to clear out my own energy and they're only the top people who I trust with my energy but Mm -hmm. they'll bring through stuff and it's like why didn't that come straight through to me (laughs)
1: well okay I'll I'll tell you listen my sister's a medium, and uh, I trained her. She felt like she couldn't read me. She never did read me. I just, I watched her, I listened to her, I paid attention to make sure she was doing what I expected from her. And But I, I made her, I was very tough on her, and I made her build her own um, business, I guess you could say, her own client list. And once I really heard her, then I put her on my list and said, okay, now I know what you can do. So a few months ago in class, we had an uneven number and I was having everybody train together and I had to participate and she had stepped out to the ladies room. So I didn't realize that she wasn't in the room and she was the last one. I would not have put her with me because she's my sister, but she sat down. She said, how am I going to read you? I said, Carol, just ask her what you don't know. Just ask for what you don't know. And it was very simple. Boom, 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 boom. My husband was through. My mother was through. My father was through. My my niece was through very quickly. She had no problem as long as she asked what she didn't know. Now, for yourself, it's a little tricky. Most of you will have somebody else. And I highly recommend it to have one person or two people that you can go back and forth with. The reason it's hard for us is not because we can't get it. It's because we don't trust it because the voice is so subtle. It's so subtle that we're really not sure. Is it us or is it them? So there's one girl that I worked with. She would do automatic writing. And when it was for her, her guides gave it to her in rhyme. It could be eight pages of perfect rhyme if it was for her. If it was somebody else, it was a completely different script. But for her, it was done it, almost like poetry. It was four lines, four lines, four lines for pages. Okay. That's how she got it. This way she couldn't confuse. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you could possibly do it that way for yourself. Angelically, it's, it's prettier. Yeah. <laughs> it might yeah. not, it might not be as, um, specific as you want, but they certainly give you the most amazing guidance when you need guidance. So, you know, again, I don't think you can't get it. I think it's just hard to judge.
0: Got it. So that brings me to another question because some people go back to what you said and say, well, how do you know that when you're in a session, you're really connecting with the other side or it's just wishful thinking. And I know for me, it's so clear now because I've learn to gauge when I'm seeing spirit and when I'm hearing them and it just flows so naturally for me now. But for people who are just starting out or or know they're empathic, how do they know that it's really them connecting with the other side or just wishful thinking?
1: The only way to know for sure is practice. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the reasons I hold my classes. It's a practice venue. There has to be ways to practice. There's a lot of people that have groups up online now. I tell my students all over the world, because I work in all these different countries, I tell them the first thing you do when you're starting to feel comfortable, you know things are coming through, but you're not quite sure about it. You ask two people that you know, that know what you're doing, maybe a coworker, a family member, a friend. You ask those two people to get two people each that you don't know. So now you have six people. Yeah. You set up a time. You do 15 minutes in a private room with each person. Now, there's no money changing hands. This is called practice. So it's practice for you and validation if you're giving them messages that make sense. And it's also a blessing and a gift to those that are the ones coming in getting the information. Now, when you finally know that you're on the right track, it's going to be when these people start saying, I want to bring my sister, I want to bring my coworker, I want to yes. bring my friend, I want to bring my mother, because you're giving them what they need. Right. That's how you're going to know for sure that you're not crazy, because the voice is subtle. It goes with feelings. Pay attention to the feelings that you feel in your solar plexus. Your body doesn't lie and as I said earlier, spirit doesn't lie, but you have to interpret it. If you're lucky enough to see, not everybody's visual, but if you're lucky enough to see, you have the trifecta, and you put it all together like pieces of a puzzle. Listen, this isn't easy. It's like charades Mm -hmm. or learning a foreign language. It's not cut and dry. People on television, you know, uh, Sylvia Brown back in the day, and James Van Prague and John Edwards, and so many others, and Teresa—they make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not that simple. It yeah. really isn't. It's a whole bunch of things being thrown at you at once that you have to pull, and right. you know, begin to read with. So, it's about practice. That's that's the bottom line. It's about practice.
0: Well, and I heard one of the bigger mediums one time—I forget which one of those it was—say that you know, everybody is, every medium is psychic, but not every psychic is medium. And for mediums, I heard them say, there are some people who can tap into other ones, like loved ones on the other side who bring through very specific information. Um, and there are some people who can tap into loved ones on the other side, but only for a short period of time. So what is your definition when, when do you allow your students to say, I am a medium?
1: Okay, that's a great question.
0: Uh, I say the exact same thing.
1: Every medium is a psychic, but not every psychic is a medium. Okay, now, what that means is it's a matter of vibration, how high you can raise your vibration. Spirit has to lower their vibration to connect to us. So, how high you raise that vibration is based on uh, meditation. It's based on uh, integrity, being a good person. Uh, there's a lot of things that go with it. All right. It also is based too on past lives. To me, the more you've done this in another life, the better you're at it in the next life. Okay. So there's a lot of gauges there. Now, a medium can hold the energy for hours. A psychic can bring through loved ones, absolutely 100%, but for a minute or two. They can't hold it for hours and hours. Does that mean they won't become a medium at some point? Absolutely not. They can progress as they spiritually evolve and grow. I've seen psychics in my class, be phenomenal psychics, and then all of a sudden one day, boom, mediumship has, uh, has arrived. I think the need for it in the world after 9-11, I noticed a lot of psychics stepping into the mediumship category because there were so many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that needed that help and not enough mediums to go around. So I think it's a time thing. It's a time, and again, it has a lot to do with integrity and learning to raise your vibration. Does that answer your question?
0: Absolutely, and I think for the very first time um, since knowing that I had this gift, I think I feel comfortable with calling myself a medium. Um, and maybe I'll create a new a, a new term, angel medium. <laughs> that, that's
1: a very nice one. I love it. Yeah. You are an angel medium, okay? Yeah. And we we just have to claim it. We have to own it because your guides are waiting for you to own it. All right. The first time that I said out loud to somebody that I was a healer, I was at my insurance company, and uh, we were going over some policy stuff. And the guy was filling out the form, and he said, "And what do you do for a living?" I said, "I'm a healer." And it, what happened was, it sparked an amazing conversation, mm-hmm. and we started talking about it. And he had two autistic nephews, and you know, it just went in the direction it was supposed to go. But I, I have to be who I am. And I recently went to a new doctor, getting ready to to do uh, a, a colonoscopy, probably seven years, but something I need to do. And uh, he asked me, "What did I do?" And I said, "I'm a healer." And he hesitated for a second. He was typing in the computer, <laughs> and I guess he let it soak in for a minute, and then he said, "Well, what exactly?" Does a healer do so he continued to type and I just gave him a little bit I explained that it's energetic and energy channels through me and out my hands and he continued to type and absorbed it and asked me a few more things and then he comes back he said to me what's the most amazing healing that you've ever done so he was you know he was processing everything but at least he was open to it he asked me and I found it to be very uh, enlightening um, and, and refreshing to have somebody. And he wasn't young. He, he was definitely probably in his 60s, maybe close to my own age. Uh, but he, he was open to it. So, again, I think more people are. I never know who I'm going to say what to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to extend it a little further. I, I had fallen in um, January. In, in, I had gone to Aruba with my daughters and two of my granddaughters, and I slipped on wet tile at the airport, and I went up in the air, and I came down, and I smashed the whole right side of my body, and I was okay. It hurt. It hurt. I bruised. <laughs> my ankle swelled. They put me in a wheelchair. It was a little little drama, but I was okay. Sorry. And, and no, I'm fine. I, I've had a couple of them in the last couple of years. <laughs> my angels love me very much, and they don't let me land too hard. I don't even get a bruise. It's crazy, but and I'm very thankful and blessed. But I had to go um, to a physical therapist. Oh, no, to somebody to um, fit me for a little thing on my ankle, almost like a little. It wasn't a brace, but a piece of canvas with some straps. I, I actually I've never put it on, which is terrible. But I did go, and the gentleman. That was sitting with me, um, he told me that he had a prosthetic leg. I don't know why. he just it just well, maybe I maybe I noticed it. I don't know. but I, I, I'm one of those people that have to know. So I asked him how it happened. and he proceeded to tell me and we ended up in, in an appointment that should have taken 10 minutes for an hour because we had an entire spiritual conversation. <laughs> and he was a total non-believer but when he when he left and i left he was completely turned around uh came to my psychic fair took my card told said he was going to tell his wife all about it so (laughs) for me whoever is placed in my path that's supposed to have healing i always ask for it i say who's ever whoever whether it's at a bridal shower, a pool party, in an airport, I've had to sit with a woman on a plane who was being abused. And she was returning back to her abuser. And my seat got mixed up. And my husband was looking all over for a seat for me. And I ended up sitting and I said, No, 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 I have to stay here. And God puts me where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, he always does. So you have to trust, you have to trust. Don't be afraid to say what you do and uh, and that goes for everybody that's listening out there to yeah. own it, own it, stand behind it because, you know, your angels stand behind you, your yes. guides stand behind you. We all have a team. Use mm-hmm.
0: them. Yeah. They love us. So here I am at my final question. I want people listening to know if they're empathic, If they feel like they want to develop this gift for themselves, to use for themselves, or to do this as their career, what would you say to those people? How do they know that they're empathic? How do they know that it's the right decision to do this work? Well,
1: more people come to me with the feeling of having a void, not knowing. No or let's just say they know there's something going on, they know there's more for them, they know there's a purpose, but they're not quite sure what it is. And when they sit with me and we go over a session, we kind of figure it out. I'm I can't tell you for sure if somebody's a medium or if they're a healer, not right off the bat. I if I feel their hands and their hands are hot when they give me a hug, I know they have healing energy. I absolutely know that automatically. Sometimes I see auras around their hands. So if I see purple, I know they have mediumship. If I see green, I know they have healing. (laughs) There's lots of different colors, and and every every person interprets them their own way, but that's my interpretation. What I'm going to say to them is to read my book. Now, everything's in the book, I went through everything, explaining all about empaths, explaining about gifts, explaining about how they hear, feel, and see. I put it all out there. I gave them all the tools I could possibly think of. I gave them meditations. Everything in that book is for the empath. And the reason that I wrote the book is because I'm only one human being and I can only get to so many people. And I can only get the information out so far. So the, the book became the next tool to get it where it has to go. And so that's that's what I'm going to rest with. That's and, perfect. Uh, and I know you said it in the beginning, it's the gifts beneath your anxiety. Mm-hmm. But it's all about the simple spiritual tools of how to um, heal their lives and open up to the power within.
0: That's beautiful. The book comes out in August, but right now on Amazon, you can pre order the book and it'll be shipped to you that day. What day in August does it come out? i believe august
1: twenty seventh um I'm gonna be doing all kinds of running around for it, you know, hopefully I'll get to see you too and meet yeah, you personally. yeah, I am thrilled to have sat and had this time to talk with you and your listeners and uh I look forward to meeting you.
0: Oh, I so look forward to meeting you too, Pat, and working with you. Um, I'm so excited to be able to um, have your mentorship and to continue this this friendship.
1: Okay, you've got it. It's yeah. going to continue. I guarantee it.
0: Yay. Okay, well, thank no. you, everybody, for tuning in. And, Pat, thank you so much for sharing your valuable time with us. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for asking. <laughs>
0: Have a great day, everyone. Beautiful souls, we have so many freebies to help serve you, your family, and friends. Want a weekly message from your angels emailed to you? Sign up on my website to receive a weekly message of love, hope, and healing from the angels. Do you have a prayer request? go to the homepage of my website and submit your prayer request so that our team of prayer warriors can be praying for you daily. Want to learn more about the angels and energy healing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Julie Jancis to learn more about the angels, energy healing techniques, and so much more. One of the biggest things we hear from our listeners is that they have no one to talk to about their spiritual awakening we created a private facebook group called the angels and awakening podcast tribe so that you could connect with others like you and know that you're not alone so be sure to join this group on facebook to get the support you need want a free session we plan to give away over 240 free sessions with students in the angel school per year To win a free session, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Then write a positive review and email us a screenshot. That way we know who to contact when you win. Want to share your uplifting angel story on the podcast? Because we love sharing them. Please write down your angel story and email it to us. Don't forget, be an angel and share this podcast with someone who needs it. See you back here next time for another episode of the Angels and Awakening podcast.